Wow, okay, that was uh, pretty brutal. What's up, everybody? This is Locked On Eagles, Louis DiBiase. Happy Friday. You have made it to the weekend, and you have one more week to get through of the preseason. And all I can say is thank God for that, because Eagles-Ravens was last night, and we're getting into that today. We're going to recap it with some winners and losers, as we always do the day after the game or the night of. I'm recording kind of on the fringe of Thursday, Friday. So, But when you're listening, I'm sure you're on your way to work, or maybe you're at work at your desk on LockedOnEagles.com, or you got your headphones plugged into your phone, pretending like you're listening to something for your job, or on the way home, going to get the kids wherever, whenever you're listening. We always do appreciate it. But yeah, we got... We got one more game in the books, and it was a shorter game as a lightning and thunderstorm put the game in delay with about 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and then Harbaugh and Peterson decide to put an end to the game. So the Eagles lose it. I know tragic, 26-15. to They fall to 1-2 and during the preseason, but normally when the Eagles went 4-0 and during the preseason, they were bad, and when they went 0-4, they were good. So again, preseason wins and losses don't really matter. There were some good things to get into. There were some bad, but nonetheless, it was a shorter game, and and thank God for that because there's a couple players that I was really enjoying watching for a, a short time span there. For the most part, that game was it was it was brutal to get through. So we got to get through one more next week. It's kind of the the fringe guys, the guys in the roster bubble trying to make the 53 man roster, the typical one week four, and then all we got to get through is another week, and we have Washington Redskins against the Philadelphia Eagles, week one, real regular season football, and we're off and running, hopefully, as I always say, hopefully until February. We got you covered right here on Lockdown Eagles Podcast, your team every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just subscribe to the show. And again, we got four to five podcasts every single week heading into your phone, and we have written content as well, LockdownEagles.com and the The conversation always continues. I am on Twitter. I do the overnight shifts at a radio station up here in Buffalo, New York, and I help out with a radio station down in Philadelphia. So I'm awake 24-7 at DiBiase, LOE, and Gino is at Gino underscore LOE. He's kind of a a bat to a vampire that doesn't sleep a whole lot. So you can bug us about the Eagles 24-7 basically. So just to kind of recap the game real quick in a nutshell before we get into the specific winners and losers, Carson Wentz does not play today. Good. Uh, Cam Newton today played for the Panthers week three against the New England Patriots. He got hurt. While it doesn't appear to be serious, he left the game in a walking boot, and that is the perfect example of why you do not play Wentz. There are some people that are going back and forth saying, well, he needs to get the reps, you know, he's got to knock off the rust, and how come they're going to play the other starters but they're not going to play Carson Wentz? It's because things like that can happen with Cam Newton, or we've seen it in back-to-back weeks with Nate Sudfeld and Cody Kessler. You are not going to risk your franchise quarterback getting injured before the regular season happens. I'm sorry, but the reward does not match the weight of the risk. For sure, 100%, especially considering you saw how bad a guy like Cody Kessler played. Luckily, Josh McCown looked really good last night, so you feel better about the backup situation while Nate Sudfeld is out. But at the same time, it's just with the joint practice reps that Wentz got this week against the Baltimore Ravens, and with preseason really not mattering that much when it comes to people's performances during the regular season, I've never seen someone that's like, oh, they had a hell of a preseason, and that's the reason that they were able to take off during the regular season. No. I mean, for me, it's it's always been about, and it always will be, until they, thank God, either get rid of it or reduce it. It's always about the fringe 
players, the roster bubble guys that are just trying to fight for a spot. Outside of that, for me, I mean, I, it's just when you're a when you're a ten year veteran, I just don't feel like you need to get back into game speed, if you will. I, I don't think you know going six months without it is something that's a big deal. And of course, fine, then go to two preseason games if you still want to do that. But f- the fact that we've got we have to go through a whole month of this every single year is just it's truthfully unbearable. So I'm glad Carson Wentz did not play. Again, Cam Newton hurt today with the Panthers. Nate Sudfeld hurt with the Eagles. Cody Kessler is just not worth the risk. But we did see some starters today on the uh, offensive line. Jason Peters plays. Jason Kelsey. Isaac Sayamalu. We got to see uh, the the big three at wide receiver with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and Deshaun Jackson. How cool was it to see Deshaun Jackson back in an Eagles uniform at Lincoln Financial Field? And a much improved Deshaun Jackson, a much more wise Deshaun Jackson, a motivated Deshaun Jackson, and a swagged out Deshaun Jackson. He's got the visor on, he's got the arm sleeve. I'm a big proponent of the look good, play good mentality. So although they didn't really use him at all, Cody Kessler was unbearable and did not get them involved at all. I wish Josh McCown would have been the one with the first team because then maybe they would have got some touches. But regardless, it was still great to see him on the field. And they did try to actually get creative with him. So on one play, they had a stacked bunch on the right side of the offensive line. And Deshaun kind of went in reverse after the snap was made, and he was going to you know, motion behind the running back and start streaking to the left, but there was a false start. So it was interesting. I, I wrote an article a couple months, about a month ago getting into some tape from Deshaun Jackson and Chip Kelly's days in 2013 and how I want to see the Eagles and Doug Peterson specifically use Deshaun in a very creative way this year because he can do a lot more than just run vertical stretch plays down the field. He's someone that can line up at running back a lot. He's someone that can, you know, in the screen game and the slot, reduce splits. He's someone that can really thrive across the field. So it was cool today that they were maybe going to try that, you know, some sort of RPO kind of swing pass play, a screen type of situation. It was cool that that was in the mind of Doug Peterson to try that out. Uh, Another observation when it comes to wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Originally, so 12 personnel is going to be a big part of the Eagles offense. It might be last year was kind of a 60-40 split. 11 personnel is always going to be, to me, the focus when it comes to Doug Peterson and his offense. But this year, it might very well be close to a 50-50 split with how much they believe in Dallas Goddard and how much almost all of us believe in Dallas Goddard. But when they have 12 personnel on the field... You get two receivers. Last year, it was Alshon and Aguilar. Golden Tate would come off the field. Well, today, Deshaun Jackson got the first few reps when they were using 12 personnel when Perkins would come out with Zach Ertz. And I'm like, okay, there it is. Deshaun's the guy. When they're in 12 personnel, it's Aguilar that's going to go to the sidelines. It's not Deshaun Jackson. But then Aguilar got a couple snaps in 12 personnel with Alshon Jeffrey, too. So it will be interesting to see how that rotation works during the season because that will be a main package of the offense, but as for today, they did kind of split half and half, so it was interesting to see that formation-wise with Deshaun and Aguilar. Outside of that, nothing really big on the offensive front. Deshaun and Alshon going out of the game pretty quickly. They got Jason Peters out of there and Kelsey and You know, they did play the offensive line for the entire quarter, actually, but they got those guys out pretty quick, too. It was snap. It was, you know, it was quick. And uh, and it was good to see those guys back on the field for sure. On the defensive side, Brandon Graham played, Malik Jackson, 
Timmy Jernigan against his former team, Vinny Curry, that was your defensive line. All four I thought looked really good. Brandon Graham blew up a reverse play to Hollywood Brown. He saw it coming a mile away. Brandon Graham, by the way, also rocking a visor this year for the first time in his career. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks with that all year long. And then uh, Malik Jackson, he's had an incredible preseason. He has been making plays and you kind of got to go back to the All-22 to really notice unless you're specifically watching. Again, football is a game where there's just so much going on at once and you're kind of just watching the ball a whole lot. When you're not making a play on the ball, there's sometimes you just don't notice things. But, you know, I went back to the All-22 and watched the past two weeks of Malik Jackson and then noticed, I noticed him very, not even just watching him. You notice Malik Jackson on the field today blowing things up in the middle of the line. He took a guard. And Baltimore's battling right now. The open spot for their left guard position is wide open. And he took, I don't know who it was, but Malik Jackson took that lineman and blew up a run play. He literally threw the lineman, almost essentially just bull rushed him into Justice Hill. So Graham looked good again this week. Malik Jackson, Jernigan did too. Vinny Curry on another play blew up a run play on the left side. He ran downhill and really was the key part of LJ Fort getting a tackle for a loss there with Baltimore backed up in their own end zone. Vinny Curry looks way closer to his 2017 form than he did his 2018 form. So overall, the defensive line looked really good. Rodney McLeod made his return to the field for the Eagles for the first time since week three last year against the Colts. And with his, you know, reconstructed knee, he still chased down Trace McSorley on a third down play. Third and short, McSorley runs to his left. Trace is a gamer for you Penn State fans out there. He looked really good today for the Ravens. I'm very interested to see how they use him, maybe in a Taysom Hill-type role with Lamar Jackson and I mean even RG3 in that Ravens offense. But to get back to McLeod, McLeod chased him down on the left side and did not let him gain any yards on the play to force Baltimore to kick a field goal. So it was great because how much the Eagles rely on safeties in this defense, Rodney, and how they much how much they rely on Rodney McLeod. He is just much like Brandon Brooks on the two guys that were brought in the same free agent class of 2016. Two guys that are very underrated based on how important they are to the Eagles' success. With Malcolm Jenkins rotating around the formation, a lot of the time it's just Rodney McLeod, you know, as the single high safety, and he is responsible for a lot of things. So they're going to need him this year. And I thought he looked pretty good today making that big play on McSorley. His knee definitely looked ready. I talked about it before the the game on 97.3ESPN.com. Five things to keep a close eye on. And one was, okay, here's Darby. He has the right side of the cornerback position locked up. He's not going to have to fight for it as much as I disagree with that. Avante Maddox is your slot corner. So it's coming down here to Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones at left corner, at least for now until Jalen Mills comes back. So for me, I'm saying to make sure to hold off Jalen Mills and to hold off Razul Douglas, Sidney Jones was going to have to make some splash plays today, and he just didn't have an opportunity to do that. So I feel like really this is going to come down to camp work, and and both guys in camp have looked really good in in Douglas and Jones. Douglas did give up a deep play today, but I think it again had to do, and I'm not going to harp on it every single week, but they they, they had Razul Douglas lined up 10 yards deep, and then he's backpedaling even more and kind of booking it down the field to stop a, a deep play. And while in zone coverage you're going to have a linebacker, a safety, you know, 
biting down left and covering some of the space that the corner is giving up by playing so deep, but there's still a huge chunk of yardage in space along the sideline where Razul Douglas just has no chance of getting back, especially for a guy like him who does not get out of his breaks and does not flip his hips as smoothly as a guy like Jones or Maddox. It just is an improper way to use him in the corners again in general. you got to be more situational with the coverage, and Jim Schwartz just isn't a lot of the time. He's gotten better at it sometimes, but he's still very inconsistent in that light. For me, it's if you're going to run that deep, then don't line up 10 yards off the line. Line up five. Or if you're going to line up that deep, then kind of hesitate a little bit more and hover around more so until you can tell the receiver is definitely booking it down the field. And it's easier said than done for me being here behind a microphone to say it, but uh, the cornerback position has not really been something we can truly evaluate during the preseason because there just hasn't been any opportunities to really make plays when it comes to Razul Douglas or, or Sidney Jones. I mean, Avante Maddox has made a few, he made a few plays against the Titans, but even Maddox, it's really been, it's been a quiet, I mean, the defensive line has played so well, they, they really haven't had to do much. So that's probably going to come down to camp work because Jones, Douglas, they didn't really have an opportunity to do much tonight. And uh, outside of that, I think that's pretty much it for the starters. We're going to take a break, and I talked about some winners for sure already. Malik Jackson, I think, Brandon Graham. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, again, I didn't really mention anybody specifically because when it comes to the first team, there wasn't really any standouts. But I do have some winners after the starters came off the field. There's some second-team guys that really caught my eye for sure. And we're going to get into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today we are sponsored by Postmates, which is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round for you. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and they offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. All you got to do is download the app from iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our Lockdown Eagles listeners $100 for free delivery credits for your first seven days. All you got to do is download the app and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need, Postmate it. Download the Postmates app and save with the code LOCKDOWN, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Eagles Nation around the globe, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Louis DiBiase wrapping up the week for you here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. I got some winners for you in this uh, underwhelming week three quote-unquote tune-up game, although it's not really a tune-up game anymore because teams, including the Eagles, are just really punting on the preseason, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. Uh, There still was some, some good things to take away from this. For one... The first player I got to talk about is Josh McCown. He's only practiced with the Eagles for three days. After coming out of retirement, after coming out of the TV studio in ESPN, he finishes today with 192 passing yards and two very impressive impressive touchdowns. Corner of the end zone to Arcega Whiteside, Arcega Whiteside, excuse me. We're not going to do this all year. 
Uh, I established it on Twitter. If he says his name is Arthago Whiteside, it's going to take some time getting used to for sure, but it is Arthago Whiteside, and we'll get into him, trust me, uh, very shortly. The, the touchdown, though, to Arthago Whiteside was placed only where he could get it. McCown, really, he started off kind of rusty for sure, and you could tell it. He even said he wasn't really preparing to get back into football per se. He wasn't training to get back into the NFL when the Eagles came calling, and you could see that on the field. But then he starts making, well, once he got into a rhythm, you know, he hit Greg Ward on a couple big plays. He hit Arthega Whiteside in some nice plays. He got running a little bit too. He was calling audibles. I mean, he knows football. The fact that he is already. You know, they were even laughing about it on the sidelines, him and Carson Wentz, because he has such a grasp, it seems, of the offense already that he was making multiple audibles, and they were correct ones to make during the game. He's almost like having an offensive coordinator out there on the field that's still kind of got starter-level level ability, which is so impressive for a guy that's 40 years old. The only other guy that can do that right now and say that right now in the NFL is Tom Brady. So the fact that he has that knowledge and really flashed today. I'm not sure. You guys heard me a couple days ago say that I still think Nate Sudfeld's going to be the backup when he comes back. I don't know. I mean, if Josh McCown can make the throws that he was today down the field with the touch and the power that he was putting into him with still really good mobility for a 40-year-old, it is something that's going to probably win him that QB2 job. I mean, I'm still, and the Eagles are still very high on Sudfeld, but... Man, I wouldn't be surprised at all now if McCown's QB2, if he continues to play the way he did today, and of course hopefully we don't see him again this year if all things go right, but I don't know. He's probably going to be the quarterback too after today's performance, if you ask me. Um, but just such an impressive performance. The, the touchdown pass to Ellis, the second one, in the middle of the end zone where McCown's got a blitz coming up the middle. And he sees it, and he takes the hit, but he still stands in there. And as he's getting hit, he puts the ball on the money to only where Ellis can get it. And Ellis is covered pretty good by a Baltimore Ravens linebacker. But McCown, he leads him to the back of the end zone in stride for six. 192 yards on 17 completions, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a quarterback rating of 122 Josh McCown, guys, looking like probably he's going to be... I mean, Nate Sudfeld has looked good in the preseason, but Josh McCown might be QB2 for the entire year. And then the guy that he threw the first touchdown to, just hats off to J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And uh, shout-out to Wing Main. You guys probably know him on Eagles Twitter as the main and only member of the Wendell Smallwood Hive. He nicknamed him Thegatron after he saw me commenting about how it's Thega, not Sega. I love that nickname, and I think Thegatron was on fire today. Eight receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. And again, I said how impressive the pass was on the touchdown by Josh McCown. The catch was even better. The whole play by our Thega Whiteside was even better. He gets the CB to open up his hips by, sell- by selling that first step on the outside. Then he gets him faking again as if he's gonna, if it, as if he's gonna run a post route inside. He gets the corner to hesitate just a little bit, and then he breaks back out to the corner of the end zone. And then the catch was just, and it was it was far out. He had to stretch out for it. His entire arms had to be extended, and that ball just the minute it hit his hands, it was like glue. It just would not. It didn't even move. His hands are so impressive, and I, it's I th- I thought about this during the game how much optionality he gives this Eagles organization when it comes to wide receiver. 
whether you want to trade Aguilar at the deadline, whether you want to just let him walk and collect a comp pick next year in free agency, or whether you want to keep Aguilar as part of your future and use Arthago Whiteside as a replacement for Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey, no matter what they decide to do at that position, they're going to be okay, I think, with Arthago Whiteside. I liked a lot of other receivers better than him in the draft. You know, guys like me, Cole Hardman, and DK Metcalf, and Hakeem Butler, but the Eagles got a special one. He showed a lot today, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just, you know, plays on the outside and in the red zone, kind of Alshon Jeffrey like plays that we like to compare him to a lot. No, he was making plays on in the slot, reduce splits. You know, there was one one catch where he had to reach all the way down to his feet, and he still turned up field and got the first down, run after the catch. You know, for a big boy, much like Alshon Jeffrey, he can scoot for sure. In the slot on one play in the first quarter, in traffic, he bounced off Tony Jefferson and Jimmy Smith, two respected veteran secondary members of the Baltimore Ravens, and he picked up the first down. He was impressive today. Shout out to Gino. That's his guy. Gino's brand was on par today, and he just... He was really impressive. They're going to use him. They're going to try to get him on the field this year for sure. It's going to be hard to keep him on the sidelines. They're definitely going to use him in red zone packages. Hopefully they use the Twin Towers lineup that I designed. Uh, In empty sets, they'll use him, I'm sure. And they'll probably go four receivers sometimes. I think there is still room for that. I think there's times where you can get creative like that. You don't always have to be 12 personnel or 11 personnel. And I think Arthago Whiteside is going to make them think twice about being conservative. They're going to want to be creative in this offense to get a guy like him on the field. He was the standout of the entire game, if you ask me, for sure. And then my final winner of the night was Halapuli Vadi Vaitai. Again, another night of multiple good blocks in pass protection and with the run. There was one play Corey Clement broke a pretty sizable run. By the way, Clement looking really healthy, a lot of burst to his game, so shout out to Clement. But his biggest run of the of the day came when Big V, he pulled at right guard, he pulled to the outside, and he just cleared the entire way for Clement to get that first down. I'm I'm so confident that he it's it's awesome that you have him as a backup for like three different positions now, right? Left tackle, right tackle and right guard, having that swing lineman behind your probably best offensive line in football, according to PFF. And I'm confident with Brandon Brooks probably out the first week or two that he's going to fill in and he is not going to be a liability on this offensive line whatsoever. One final shout-out in the winners category. My boy Carlton Agadosi. The refs just continue to be in denial about his sideline grabs. This is now twice this preseason where Agadosi has made a great sideline catch Balancing his 6'6 body, finding a way to get both feet in bounds, and making the catch. Both were challenged because both were ruled incompletions. And then Doug Peterson challenged both. And Carlton Agadosi, it was overturned both times. He has made two really – look, I don't think he's going to make the roster. Greg Ward has really locked up that six receiver spot or Mark and Michelle if they do keep a sixth receiver. But if they can find a way to get him on the practice, I don't know if – I think he's practice squad eligible if I'm not mistaken. He has not been on the practice squad for three years of a team. I think he was with the Cardinals for one, so he still has two more years of eligibility. Um I want to keep him around just because for a guy that big that he used his he could control his body, he has that much balance and 
composure while bringing the ball in and also making sure your feet are in bounce. Like, the refs literally don't believe that a guy that big can do it. They have ruled both plays incompletions, and both were challenged and overturned. So shout out to Agadosi. You're a winner today in my book as well. All right, we've got some losers to get into next as we wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Eagles fall to the Baltimore Ravens by a final score of 26 to 15. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, we're sponsored today by MyBookie. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell's with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. Deshaun Jackson is back in Philadelphia. The one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, 100K, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week. Go bold to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend this service to my listeners if it was good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy football guys out there like I am, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to $1,000. First deposit bonus, double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O. K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, and get some money, baby. All right, we're back. Lockdown Eagles, Louis DiBiase, wrapping up the week. I'm feeling good. Uh, It wasn't a very exciting game to watch, but I'm feeling better about the backup quarterback spot. It was great to see, you know, two rookies again. I'm I'm so excited about this 2019 rookie class with these two second-round picks in Arthago Whiteside and Miles Sanders. And Andre Dillard, the first-round pick at left tackle, who once again, pass rushers had no chance at getting by Dillard against Baltimore. He was stout again. You know, you just ne- you never noticed him because he was just dominating. So I tried watching. I could go back to the tape, but I tried watching him for a few plays. And every time I watched him in pass plays, he you just couldn't get by him. He's a stone wall in pass protection. And, and, and against the run, too, or for the run, he is almost equally as productive. People thought that was a liability of his game. Really really not the case. It was more so that we just didn't see it enough on tape in college. Uh, some losers to get into. My big winners were Josh McCown, Arthago Whiteside, Big V, Carlton Agadosi. I would say Andre Dillard should be in there uh, as well. Three losers for you. Josh Sweat is one of them. I think he's losing ground for sure. I think he's already lost his fourth defensive end spot that he had. He was the favorite to win that pretty much all summer. And then, you know, he had a good first game against Tennessee, but Deshaun Hall has just made more plays. He's made more splash plays. He's gotten to the quarterback more consistently. He's got three sacks. He's got pressures every single week. Where Josh Sweat, after that first game against Tennessee, he really hasn't been that noticeable. I think Sharif Miller has made more plays. You know, you got a, a guy like Eli Harold you brought in right now that had four sacks last year in the regular season. He just hasn't made that many plays. And look, I think he's still going to make the roster, but not as defensive end four now. It might be defensive end five or defensive end six. I don't think they'll cut him. I think they're going to keep 
you know, of the four, it's Sweat, Miller, Harold, and Hall. I think they'll keep probably three of the four. And right now, probably the f- the favorites are Miller, Sweat, and Hall with Eli Harold on the outside looking in. But Josh Sweat, I don't think, is doing himself many favors. He has been unnoticeable to me for two weeks now. Another loser, Jake Elliott. Look, this guy is the... Here's my an- analogy for you golfers out there, and we'll see if you accept it. <laughs> and tweet at me if you don't. I feel like he's the Brooks Kepka of kickers. Brooks Kepka to me right now is the best golfer in the world. And he keeps winning majors, but he doesn't really win tournaments outside of majors. And he always says he doesn't really care about those tournaments. I feel like that's what Jake Elliott is like with field goals, you know, 50 yards or shorter. He loves to nail 53-yarders, game-winning 61-yarders, clutch field goals in the Super Bowl that are around 50 yards. But then, for some reason, when it gets to, like, 40-yarders, like anything in the 40-yard range, 30s, he misses it at a pretty consistent clip. I mean, he look, it's not, it's not a Cody Parkey situation. It's not a Bears of this year. It's not a Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation with Roberto Aguayo where he's a disaster. Like, Jake Elliott's one of the most clutch kickers in the NFL, for sure. But he keeps missing easy kicks, and you wonder when this becomes something that the Eagles are concerned about. It should be a concern because the Eagles like to go for it on fourth down a lot, in those 50-plus yard range ranges on the field where he likes, where he's comfortable. And you have to make those 40-yarders, those are the money spots, where they're going to take those three points. you got to be able to hit those. If you, and, and again, he hits them a lot, but there's still every so often where, you know, a couple times a year he misses that kick and you're like, damn it, like that's three points that might come back to bite us down the road. So Jake Elliott's got to get that together for sure. <laughs> I hope you accept my analogy. I think he's like the Kepka of kickers. He only cares about the big field goals. Outside of that, he kind of just slacks off. So hopefully he gets that together and he's not the Brooks Kepka of field goal kickers in the NFL. My final loser of the day is Cody Kessler. I think the dude stinks. I think it's embarrassing for anyone out there that thought he was almost as good, if not better, than Carson Wentz in that 2016 draft where Kessler was a third-round pick. He just His processing of defenses in the preseason has been like molasses. It's I, Again, I wish Josh McCown would have played with the first team. I wish I would have saw Josh McCown behind Jason Peters and Jason Kelsey and Isaac Sayamalu, and I wish he could have threw the ball to Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar because you saw the, the chemistry and – just the the fire that he and Arthago Whiteside caught down the stretch and Greg Ward, you wish you could have kind of saw that with the first team to know that, hey, when McCown comes in, or I shouldn't say when, if Wentz got hurt, we know he can ball with these guys. Uh, just Cody Kessler was terrible once again. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was pretty brutal. Okay, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. Had fun with this one. We'll be back tomorrow, actually. Me and Gino are going to do our uh, 53-man depth chart, you know, roster, but also depth chart predictions heading into the final week. It's do or die for a lot of these guys, for Greg Ward Jr., for Mark and Michelle, for Wendell Smallwood, Josh Adams, and Boston Scott, you know, for on the defensive side of the ball, for Sharif Miller, Eli Harold, Deshaun Hall, and Josh Sweat. It's crunch time right now in the preseason. That's going to do it. Louis DiBiase signing off. If you could subscribe to the show, 
We would really appreciate if you guys leave us a five-star rate and review. It's how we can continue to grow the show, and it just makes us feel good. And just the constructive criticism. If you have got a problem with the show, too, you can leave us a three-star rate and kind of let us know what's going on. But we love hearing the feedback from you, the fans, and we love for you guys to contribute to the show by hitting us up on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DiBiaseLoe, and at Gino underscore L-O-E. And if we don't get back to you, go bother Lars at LarsLewis12. All right, Louis DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds, baby.